Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center presents Doc Talk, an informative health series educating our community on the services provided at Peace Health. We will begin with our host, George Henry, after these messages. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. During uncertain times, the best way to stay healthy is to know the facts. Here are some ways we all can help stop the spread of COVID-19. Only leave your home for necessities. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Call your doctor before going to the clinic or hospital if you're experiencing COVID-19 symptoms. At Peace Health, the safety and well-being of our patients, caregivers, and communities is our highest priority. We are all in this together. For more information, log on to peacehealth.org COVID. Welcome to this edition of Doc Talk. Now, it's been so great this week to start thinking about things other than the COVID pandemic. And we have Dr. Willie Foster joining us today. And, and Dr. Foster, I bet you're happy not to have to talk about the pandemic today. Yes, it's always uh, good to talk about other aspects of medicine and healthcare and staying safe. All right. Now, one of the things, though, that, that does come up in the summertime and well, actually, it's kind of all year round here when it's when the weather's, you know, nice enough for it. But it's people getting outdoors, people doing outdoor activities. Uh, one of the big uh, activities, of course, is a lot of the racing and stuff that happens on the dunes. But there's also, you know, beaches, the parks, the campgrounds, and they're all expected to be quite full uh, this summer after about a year and a half of, of being stuck inside. Are you expecting uh, that this might translate to a busy summer in the emergency department? We are uh, expecting that. I mean, historically, summers have been busier than other times of the year. Occasionally in the middle of winter, we'll get busy for a while if there's a bad flu season. But, you know, typically in summer, we see, you know, 20 to 30 percent more patients per month than we typically do. And uh, certainly this past uh, Memorial Day weekend, we were seeing, you know, 50 percent more patients than we typically do on a weekend. So we're expecting it to be a busy summer. Well, and and I guess I'm I'm pretty sure I mean, I I have no uh, numbers to back this up with, but I'm pretty sure that people being locked away and, and kept away for the length of period of time they have could even mean, uh, you know, that this increase is due in part to people just being tired of being locked up inside. Oh, I'm sure people want to get outside and enjoy all the beautiful uh, scenery we have and the many outdoor activities that are available in the area. Now, have you seen any any increases as of yet, uh, as of this date, to what's been going on as far as um, outdoor activity or injury-related uh, activities is concerned? Well, I certainly think, you know, we've seen more this past spring than, you know, previously in terms of, you know, injuries related to, you know, dune activities, particularly motorcycles and ATVs. Um, Not a huge number, but certainly, you know, we're seeing people coming in with, you know, mostly broken bones. That's the most common problem we see from the uh, 
dunes. What's really interesting is I, I don't I don't know if you uh, if you uh, take off on the dunes or not. I've only been out there once, but I I know that it's an ever changing landscape, and you know people can get really confused sometimes when they're out there and not even be able to see the changes in terrain, which could end up causing some of these accidents that can be, like you said, to start with broken bone, but they can even get more severe than that. Can they not? Oh yeah. And it seems, you know, when most people, you know, when you ask them what happened, they go, well, you know, I came over this razor back and it was a bigger drop than I thought, or, you know, there was a deeper hole than I expected. And, you know, luckily the machines nowadays have quite a few safety features Many of the riders wear good safety equipment, especially helmets. But, I mean, if, if you get thrown off of your vehicle, you're going to likely break some bones. And the interesting thing is, you know, every year we see a number of people that don't even come off of their vehicle but come down so hard that they get compression fractures in their spine. Didn't even fall off the vehicle, just came down with a jolt hard enough that they compress their spine. Usually those are more just a pain control issue, but occasionally it's been an unstable fracture that uh, needed to be sent to Riverbend to have hardware put in to stabilize it so it didn't put pressure on the spine. Now, when something happens like that, I imagine there there's some times where you may have to put a pin or something in or a rod in there. Does it get that severe to have to do that? Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly for fractures. I mean, sometimes, you know, extremity fractures of a wrist or ankle, minor fractures can just be treated with, you know, putting the bone back in place and, you know, a cast or a splint. But many fractures, because of where they are, ultimately require some hardware in there to get everything lined up better so it will heal the best possible way. Does that hardware then come out after the healing process or does that does that stay with someone for a while? Typically, it stays in. I mean, after the bone is fully healed, it could be taken out if it was causing problems too close to the skin. But that's another operation, you know, another procedure. So most people, their hardware stays in them forever, for the most part. Wow. Now, now hospitals, different hospitals have what we call trauma levels. Can you explain a little bit? about that and where Peace Harbor is on that list there? Right. Well, not every hospital is designated a trauma hospital. This is a statewide system with certain criterias and standards that say this hospital can handle trauma. There's basically four levels, level one, two, three, and four. Peace Harbor was a level four for many, many years, which basically means a patient comes in, there's somebody in the ED, a provider, a doctor that can stabilize the patient. And if the patient needs a higher level of care, they're shipped off to a higher level trauma center. Um, we are now a level three. A level three trauma center means that you have a general surgeon who's trained in trauma, who's available 24-7. You have an orthopedic surgeon who's trained or um, comfortable with trauma who's available 24-7, an anesthesiologist or a nurse anesthetist who's available 24-7. So we were functionally that for many, many years. We had those people on staff, but it was only uh, last year that we officially made the uh, switch to a level three as certified by the state. 
Now, many people listening to this might think, well, you know, we're a retirement community. But then when you add what we were talking about previously uh, with the sand dunes, I mean, this is a pretty heavily recreated area. So this designation is pretty significant for us, right? Yes, it is. I mean, it, you know, shows that we are providing, you know, an appropriate level of care to injured patients and, you know, that we will keep some of those injured patients in our hospital. Not everybody needs to be sent over to Riverbend that needs to be hospitalized from their trauma, that there are certain patients that we can keep safely and care for more than adequately at uh, Peace Harbor. All right, we're talking with Dr. Willie Foster about something other than the pandemic. Thank goodness for that. You're listening to Doc Talk, our June edition. We'll be back in just a moment. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. During uncertain times, the best way to stay healthy is to know the facts. Here are some ways we all can help stop the spread of COVID-19. Only leave your home for necessities. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Call your doctor before going to the clinic or hospital if you're experiencing COVID-19 symptoms. At Peace Health, the safety and well-being of our patients, caregivers, and communities is our highest priority. We are all in this together. For more information, log on to peacehealth.org COVID. Now, we were talking about recreational activities. Another sort of recreational activity, this is more of an entertainment, I guess, for us, is that when the 4th of July comes upon us, it's time to uh, for people to experiment with fireworks. Now, I think well, one of the recommendations probably is that you, know, you let the professionals handle it. But, uh, Dr. Foster, I imagine uh, the ED probably gets a, a fair share of uh, instances where people are not quite careful with the fireworks they use. It's a it's a small number. And I think some years we are probably lucky and don't get any. But, you know, typically there's a, a few patients that come in relatively minor injuries for the most part. But certainly with more powerful uh, fireworks, there is the potential for significant, you know, injury typically to the hands. They don't release it soon enough, though, you know, occasionally it, it could be other body parts as well. Um, you know, certainly in terms of safety recommendations, I would say that, you know, it should be a responsible adult that handles the fireworks. Um, certainly shouldn't mix alcohol with fireworks because that clouds your reaction time and judgment. And I would be very hesitant about letting, you know, children use any type of firework other than maybe some sparklers. <laughs> now, I think that might be safe for kids. Right, right. But I'm guessing with the, the restrictions imposed by the state of Oregon, uh, if you pretty much mess with the legal fireworks here, there's sort of a, a little bit of safety built in versus, you know, some of the things you might be able to get that are not necessarily considered legal. Right. I think most of the stuff that you buy in the, the tents that pop up in the parking lots and stuff, those are relatively, you know, safe as, as long as you don't like, oh, I don't think it went off. Let me go back and check it. You know, give it plenty of time for that fuse to burn off. Don't 
hold it in your hand. You know, kind of common sense stuff, which sometimes goes out of the way in the, you know, excitement of the moment. Right. Or, or what if I tie four of these together and light them? <laughs> yes. Yes. Something when you, you uh, try to get a bigger explosion, um, you're more likely to have a bigger problem. So you, you mentioned a, a few of the ways, you know, just the, the, the safety factor of having, if you're, you know, younger, have an adult there uh, doing that. Obviously, sometimes the adults, um, it's been my experience, the adults are more the cause of the problem uh, than the children are uh, when doing that. And I imagine there's a certain amount of responsibility that uh, someone needs to take in order to avoid having an injury or even a serious injury uh, with fireworks. Being responsible and, uh, you know, as you said at the beginning, you know, better just to enjoy the professionals. They're far bigger fireworks than you're ever going to have at home. <laughs> right. And and they know what they're doing for the most part. You generally don't see many accidents when, uh, when something like that goes off, when a professional fireworks show goes off. Um, I, I imagine things like when you're dealing with fireworks, uh, we didn't really mention it, but is it important to wear like safety glasses and things like that? Or is that, it just depends on what you're working with. It probably depends what you're, you know, working with. I mean, um, you know, certainly, you know, something could spark up and hit you, you know, in the eye. Um, I don't think in general that people wear safety glasses if they're using fireworks as prescribed, but um, I, it's always a good idea. You can never be too safe. Right. Well, there's a couple other other areas we probably ought to touch base on, and so let's move to uh, let's move to the boating aspect of this. I mean, there there are so many lakes, there are so many uh, rivers around here, and the ocean, and that. Um, and one thing, I, I, let me tell you a quick story, Doctor Frost. I learned that there is one important thing never to do when you're kayaking in a lake, and that is bring a sandwich that has bacon in it. Because bacon tends uh, not always to chew up well, and you don't want to have to have a need of the Heimlich maneuver while you're on a kayak on the lake. And <laughs> that is a personal story for yes, me this past be, Sunday. That uh, could be tough if you were choking in the middle of the lake. <laughs> yeah. But what are what are some other things to be aware of when uh, when folks are out on the water? Well, the biggest thing is having a life jacket for everybody. And in general, wearing that life jacket, you know, unless you're actively, you know, swimming. Um, it's better just to have the, the life jacket on. Um, you know, certainly we need to be aware of the ocean and sneaker waves. I mean, it's not just a winter problem that there's big waves. They can occur at any time. Um, also be aware of debris in the water. Um, you know, logs rolling on the beach can be a real problem. Again, more of a problem in wintertime, but can occur anytime. The other thing that we don't realize is how cold the water is and how quickly that saps your energy. You think, oh, I'm a pretty good swimmer. Well, you're a good swimmer in a 75 degree pool. When the water's, you know, 50, you're not going to swim near as far or near as long or near as well. <laughs> and, and when you talk about actively swimming, choosing where to swim is also uh, an important factor, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be best to do it in some place where, you know, that, the you know, they have it roped off that this is safe. There's no big drop offs. There's no underwater obstacles that you might get hooked on. And, you know, certainly, you know, not going in the water by yourself, making sure that you're with other people, 
you know, it would be best if there's a lifeguard around. That's not always the, uh, the case, but, um, being aware of where you're swimming and what, you know, surrounding dangers there might be. Well, let's, let's get back to the boating aspect of it. I remember, uh, several years ago, there was an instance where a guy brought one of those big fan boats down here and he was going to start doing tours and stuff like that. And he got a little bit reckless. I guess he hit a pylon in the water and a woman got fairly seri- seriously injured. Are, are there, are there accidents that you see like that or that is that kind of few and far between when you're talking about boating in the, here in the area? Well, I mean, luckily, you know, few and far between. Again, you know, one of the biggest problems with boating is the same as on the dunes, that alcohol and boating do not mix. And and often you're out on the lake for a day you want to enjoy. Um, you know, people's judgment, their reaction times go down when they're drinking, and that's more likely to, uh, you know, cause an accident. Well, I'm, there is a there is an ad that plays on the station here from uh, the U.S. Coast Guard that talks about how less alcohol um, becomes a greater risk on the water because it amplifies that. Can you explain physiologically or maybe give us a little understanding of how that can work, how a, a smaller amount of alcohol on the water is is worse than, say, on the land? Well, I think that, you know, it it probably goes down to a number of things. One, you know, you're out all day in the water. You might get a little bit dehydrated. You drink some beer, boom, it gets right in you versus, you know, if you have a full stomach. So that might hit you a little bit harder because you're, you know, more dehydrated, a little bit of an empty stomach. That alcohol, you know, gets right into your bloodstream. Also, I think that, you know, we're pretty comfortable driving cars. We do it all the time. We could probably, quote, do it in our sleep. I don't know if we're quite as comfortable handling our boats. We don't do it every day. And so, you know, you might think, oh, I'm not that impaired, but you're not as good a boat driver as you are a car driver. You know, it's unfamiliar. The road has a lane. You know exactly where to go. That's usually safe. In the water, you go every place, and who knows what's right under the surface, you know, that you might hit or something. And again, I guess it, it, with anything, um, you know, whether it's on the dunes or in a boat, don't go past the level of your experience, right? Right. It goes right. without saying. All right, let's take a quick break. We're talking with Dr. Willie Foster. He is the uh, Peace Harbor uh, Emergency Department Director over there. And we're talking summer safety. We'll be back in just a moment. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. During uncertain times, the best way to stay healthy is to know the facts. Here are some ways we all can help stop the spread of COVID-19. Only leave your home for necessities. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Call your doctor before going to the clinic or hospital if you're experiencing COVID-19 symptoms. At Peace Health, the safety and well-being of our patients, caregivers, and communities is our highest priority. We are all in this together. For more information, log on to peacehealth.org COVID. 
All right, let's see. We're talking with Dr. Willie Foster, head of the emergency department at Peace Harbor Hospital. We've talked about being on the dunes. We talked about being on the water and swimming and safety and what kind of things to do for fireworks. Let's talk about one of Dr. Foster's things that he likes to do. And my understanding is, Dr. Foster, you like to do a lot of hiking. Yes. And, you know, this would apply, you know, even, you know, just in your boat or in your kayak, but having a good first aid kit. I mean, obviously what you can carry in a boat can be a bit bigger than what you can carry in a backpack. If you're going for a day versus a week, that makes a difference. But certainly some Band-Aids, some dressing supplies, an ace wrap or two for, um, you know, a sprained ankle, Um, you know. And certainly if you're going for a longer, you know, backpacking trip, You know, besides the normal over-the-counter meds you might want to take, like, you know, ibuprofen, Tylenol, Benadryl, you might want to talk to your primary care provider and have some medicine like Odonsotran or Zofran for nausea. You're three, four days into a trip and you get, you know, sick, it might be nice to have some nausea medicine. It might be nice to have a course of prednisone if you were having an allergic reaction, a bad case of poison oak, maybe even a course of antibiotics, maybe even some stronger pain medicines. You know, you really break your leg and it's going to be 12 hours before search and rescue gets there. It would be nice to have some pain meds. Again, these are prescription meds, but talk to your primary care provider. They might be willing to write a prescription that you could fill and keep some of these meds that hopefully you wouldn't need in a small first aid kit. But if you're out for three, four or five days, they could certainly make your trip a lot less miserable than it might be. And I know one of the things also to be concerned about is uh, the dehydration and heat stroke. Now, I remember as a young man golfing with my dad in the south, uh, southern Arizona desert, and I remember feeling hot. And then it wasn't until after I got off the course when I realized that I might be suffering from heat stroke. Um, is that is that common to maybe not recognize it when it's coming? I mean, what, what do we need to be aware of uh, when we're out in the heat? And, and even if it's not that hot, we could still be doing um, exertive exercises that cause us to, to overheat. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a complex picture. I mean, as long as you're sweating, that's good. When you stop sweating, you're really in trouble. You are way, way, you know, down the curve at that point. So if you're sweating, the body's doing what it's supposed to to try to cool you off. If you stop sweating, that's a real danger sign that you've, you know, gone too far. The other thing to realize is, is that, you know, thirst is a good indicator that you're getting dehydrated. But if you're thirsty, you're again already kind of behind the eight ball. You should be drinking regularly when it is hot, you know, staying hydrated. Um you know, on a regular basis, they, rather than trying to play catch up, you know, three hours later. Right. So before you get thirsty, make sure you're drinking, you know, the appropriate amounts of water for your body size and all that in, in the day's period. And a little bit more if you're exerting yourself, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, a lot of us don't drink enough on a normal day. And when it's hot and we're outside, you know, it's it's easy. And it's important to realize that that really needs to be water or possibly a sport drink, um, beer it does not really hydrate you as well as you would think. <laughs> no, it just tastes good. That's all. <laughs> it doesn't really do much for that. How important is sunscreen, even on even on a cloudy day? 
Well, I mean, you know, skin cancer has really exploded in the last, you know, 15, 20 years as people spend more time outdoors. So, you know, sunscreen is important. You know, luckily, quite a bit of the outdoor clothing now has a higher sun protection factor, you know, some of the higher tech outdoor clothing. So that can help. But certainly, you know, putting sunscreen on and then remembering it to reapply it if you're out, you know, exerting yourself and and sweating that, um, you know, yes, everybody would likes to be out in the sun. Everybody wants to get a tan. But but skin cancer is a a real problem. And it's seen quite an increase, you know, in the last 20, 30 years compared to more distant times. Can you can you talk a little bit about why that is? I mean, is it is it ozone depletion? Is it, you know, cl- uh, climate change? What is causing the increase or is it just because we're outdoors more? I think it's mainly because we're outdoors more, you know, and, um, you know, part of the culture of, you know, getting a nice tan and stuff. I mean, it, those two things combined put people outside that ex- continued exposure to the sun causes damage that eventually can lead to uh, skin cancer. Now, uh, I hate to ask this question because I'm afraid th- there might be a yes in there, but I'll ask it and maybe there won't be. Are, are there some, are there sunscreens and things like that that are not necessarily um, good to use or, or are most of them, you know, safe and effective? I think, you know, most of the ones from a reputable company are safe and effective. I mean, you'll always find some stuff online about, oh, using, you know, too much of this. I mean, I think there's some concern that some of the sunscreens, you know, can get into the water and be harmful in that way to fish and aquatic life. I've seen some articles about that recently. But, you know, sunscreen from any reputable company, you know, should be safe to use they are regulated and stuff. So um, as far as we know, they are safe if, you know, used as directed. Now, forgive me if you if you answered this and I didn't hear it, but I mentioned about a cloudy days. Is it just as necessary on cloudy days uh, for sunscreen? Um, I mean, certainly there's less UV radiation, but it can still be, you know, present. So to say, oh, it's cloudy, I don't need it could be a mistake. You can still get, you know, sunburned on a cloudy day. It's going to take, you know, longer for that to happen, but it can still happen. And again, people, because it's a cloudy day, might think, well, I can stay out longer and therefore actually uh, self-prophesizing that that sunburn. Well, I I didn't want to talk about this uh, and I I hate to, if I'm I'm throwing this one out there on you, but we are still in a pandemic (laughs) and COVID is still a risk. Now, People planning travel, group activities. Uh, what about summer camp and things for kids? What What are your recommendations on things like that? Well, I mean, certainly summer camps are opening back up. I'm leaving tomorrow to be doctor at a camp out in eastern uh, Oregon. And, you know, the CDC has put forth a lot of guidelines about what kind of activities can be at camp. And to some extent, they're going to try to have the kids stay in pods. You know, we'll try to see how well that works. I'm not convinced it is when you have 200 kids at the pool. I don't know how you keep them in their little groups. Exactly. But but certainly, you know, um, you know, people want to get back to their normal activities. Certainly being vaccinated has greatly reduced the risk. 
And, you know, per the CDC guidelines, if you're with other people that are fully immunized, you know, the social distancing and masks are not really um, necessary and stuff. But in groups where you don't know, it would still be best to wear a mask, especially if you're more indoors and, and, and closer to people. And I guess summer camps might be a little bit different in the fact that uh, there probably aren't going to be a lot of uh, kids that have vaccines or been vaccinated until they approve one for the younger age group. Right, right. Right now it's only Pfizer that's approved down to age 12. And there have been a lot of, you know, kids in high school have been getting the vaccine, but, but certainly not, you know, younger kids. It's true that younger kids don't tend to get very sick if they do get COVID compared to older people with comorbidities and other disease processes, but they certainly can get sick and a few of them will get very sick and they can certainly spread it to others. So I know many camps are decreasing the number of kids. They're spacing them out more. They're having them eat in groups or eat outdoors. And I'm sure that they will modify, you know, some of the activities that they do. You're not going to have, you know, 20 kids squeezed into a, a room. You know, they're going to space out more and, and do different types of activities. Now, one thing that goes along right along with summer safety, though folks might not think about it, but because of injuries that may happen or accidents that may happen over the summertime, uh, blood supplies can be affected. I'm, I, I know from, from having talked with people for many, many years now, summer is one of the worst times for blood uh, supplies because people are on vacation, they're driving, they're not doing their normal routine of, of giving every so many days that they're allowed to. Uh, what are some of the concerns with summer coming up? Well, there's, you know, always a need for blood. Sometimes it's greater than others. Um, I know a while back there was quite a shortage. You know, currently the hospitals are all pretty full, even though it's it's not summer yet. They're just full with sick people in general and and blood is needed we certainly are a lot more conservative with our blood transfusions than when we were in the past but there's still a need for for blood and so you know for people that are inclined to donate it's you know one of the most uh, you know beneficial things you can do to help someone you'll never meet I understand that for sure. So, um, and folks can go to redcross.org to learn more about blood donations and the such. Now, Dr. Foster, thank you so much for being here today. Good luck keeping uh, young kids in their pods as you uh, go to doctor on the, the summer camp. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, George. Have right. a good summer. Yeah, thank you so much. That's our Doc Talk for this uh, the month of June. You have been listening to Doc Talk, presented by Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. For more information on the program and services provided, visit peacehealth.org. <laughs>